Well, howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Department of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. Hello, my name is Glenda Cooper with Cooper Charlet Farm in Granbury, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are locked, loaded, and ready to roll with another episode of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, the monthly cattle on feed report did not contain any surprises. In fact, it just confirmed what we already knew. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. We're looking back on what was a pretty dry summer overall in the Texas High Plains, but El Nino is still with us. I'm James Hunt, and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll talk about the outlook for the months ahead. Dispelling myths about beef and the environment. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have more with the general manager of Hartley Feeders in the Texas Panhandle, just ahead on Texas Ag Today. This is Eddie Griffiths in West Texas. I'll have an update on the wheat situation and the moisture in West Texas. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. USDA's monthly cattle on feed report released on Friday with the numbers within the pre-report estimates. USDA livestock analyst Mike McConnell has the August feedlot results. There was about 11.1 million cattle on feed, which is 2% below a year ago. 2 million head of cattle were placed on feed, which is 5% lower than the previous year. And 1.9 million head of cattle were marketed from feedlots, which is about 6% lower than the year before. McConnell says there's nothing in this report that would indicate a near-term rebuild of the cattle herd. Overall, the report continues the narrative that supplies outside of feedlots are relatively tight. And that's really what we're seeing in terms of increasing prices for feeder cattle as the number of, of both placements and markings are declining year over year. So that should help to keep these cattle prices high for quite a while. Texas's Prairie View A&M University is researching the potential of industrial hemp. Could industrial hemp one day take the place of grain in animal feed? Well, that is a question that a professor at Prairie View A&M University is hoping to answer. Dr. Naguse Kidane has been awarded a nearly $300,000 grant from the U.S. Department of Agriculture to conduct a three-year study looking at the nutritional profile of industrial hemp plant biomass byproducts and their impact on goats. The goal of the study is to determine if hemp biomass can serve as a viable alternative to grain in animal feed. A 
according to the university, about 36% of the world's grain supply is currently used in animal feed. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Genetic testing is usually thought to be something that only high-quality seed stock operations can do, but today it's becoming more common in commercial cow herds. Kevin Milliner with Zoetis says genetic testing can really pay off for commercial cattle producers. Yeah, I certainly think so, Carrie. You know, the, the seed stock folks have had for a long time have had expected prodigy differences or PDs that, you know, help them make decisions about which animals to keep, which ones to get rid of. But the commercial producer, for the most part, on those females, we don't know a lot about his or her cows. She may look the part, but until you have a chance to look under the hood to see what kind of horsepower is sitting there, you're really not sure. And so, I would argue that probably the commercial producer stands to benefit as much, if not more, than the seed stock producer does. Milliner says the Inherit Select genetic testing program can test commercial cows for 20 traits, like fertility, size and soundness, feed efficiency, milk, and others. If you'd like more information, check out InheritSelect.com. We are currently in an El Nino weather pattern, but with this summer's drought across Texas, it didn't really feel like it. James Hunt checks in with the National Weather Service in Amarillo. With the exception of some good rains here and there, especially in the northern panhandle, our Texas High Plains summer was a lot drier than many of us might have anticipated, especially since we were in an El Nino weather pattern. Part of the problem that we've been seeing is that even though the El Nino has been present where it comes to the ocean temperatures, the atmosphere, for whatever reason, has been slow to respond. That's some insight on the situation from Mike Gittinger with the National Weather Service office in Amarillo. So what's ahead for us in the fall and winter? Well, in the seasonal outlook for the months of October, November, and December, Gittinger says the government's Climate Prediction Center is giving us pretty much equal chances all the way around. When they run the climate models, they have three outcomes that can happen, and that's basically normal, below normal, or above normal. And for the most part, what we're seeing is about a 33% chance of each. And so the good news in that, I guess, is you've got the lowest probability is being below normal. And if you look at it from the perspective of normal or above, those combined definitely have a little higher probability than the below. So that's the good news. And it certainly is possible that we see above normal precipitation. You know, being in a moderate, possibly into strong El Nino, you certainly can't rule that out, but the signal's just not strong enough for them to really go completely that direction right now. However, Gittinger says El Nino may still give us a boost for spring planting. It does look like it's going to last into the spring or through the spring. It looks like it likely would be kind of weakening at that point or in the process of weakening. And that's probably why some of the climate models are kind of hinting at some above normal precipitation. We certainly, that time of year, really seem to respond. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The beef industry is often blamed for damaging the environment. But Tom Nicoletti tells us the Cattlemen's Beef Board is working to change that. My guest today from Amarillo is Ryan Morehouse. He is the uh, new secretary treasurer for Cattlemen's Beef Board. Uh, He also uh, runs a stocker operation in Knox County in north central Texas. And he is general manager of Hartley Feeders. And uh, Ryan, uh, certainly there have been uh, a number of news articles lately that have really pointed uh, the finger at beef uh, when it comes to environmental impact and climate change. 
Now, this isn't necessarily a, a new turn of events because this has happened in the past, but why do you think there's so much uh, focus on beef's role once again? Well, I think a lot of consumers aren't super familiar with uh, where a lot of their food comes from. I think if uh, to dispel some of those myths that they might hear in, in some of the articles or media that's negative towards beef, I think it's important that we put our message out there of what we do and how we do it and uh, how we produce food for the country. Now, do beef ranchers uh, really care about the, the environmental impact? Absolutely. If you think about it, beef farmers and ranchers, their main concern are their animals and their land. We try to tell people we're the first environmentalists because without the land and taking care of the land and the animals, we don't have a job and we don't have a livelihood. So it's extremely important to us to take care of our land and our animals and uh, to do things that produce safe, wholesome beef for the consumers and uh, keep us in business at the same time. Ryan Morehouse with Hartley Feeders in the Texas Panhandle. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Farmers in West Texas have been getting good rains recently. To talk more about that, we go to Lubbock to visit with Eddie Griffiths. And Eddie, it looks like you've been getting some good moisture out your way. Definitely been receiving rain, Kerry. We talk about extremes here in West Texas and would definitely go from one extreme to the other and ample moisture here in the area anywhere three to five six inches uh it'll definitely help for winter wheat but as far as the cotton crop and everything else it's going to be too little too late pretty wet right now and i know producers are going to be looking at the fact that uh some of this crop is going to be getting ready as far as cotton crop is concerned it's going to be getting ready to get out of the field uh some of the corn we've seen corn harvest going on you know, as hot and dry as it was this summer, producers had the uh, irrigation, some pretty good yields being reported. But uh, it's going to be up in the air as far as the cotton is concerned. The uh, dry land yields, we were looking really good back there in the spring or early summer when the rains finally did come. But uh, as far as the uh, ample dry land cotton crop in West Texas, I, th- I think it's going to be pretty short. And I would imagine. Producers, they've been waiting towards the uh, middle or end of September to start getting adjusters out there, get bulk counts to see if that crop will actually be harvested. You mentioned wheat planting. How prevalent is that right now? I have not seen just a whole lot of wheat planting yet, but as soon as it gets dry enough after these rains, I would assume you're going to start seeing it, especially slinging it out in some of these fields where maybe the dryland cotton crop is not going to be harvested you're going to see that go into wheat and try to get cover out there to alleviate any blowing just trying to protect it for some cover but then the other thing that uh, we're going to be looking at also is probably trying to get some grazing wheat established just simply because we run our hay supplies so low just with the uh, dry hot weather this summer and as we go into fall and winter it's going to be kind of like a year ago where we're going to be short on supply of uh, hay That's Eddie Griffiths from the Lubbock area. Thanks so much, Eddie. Thank you, Carrie. The public is invited to weigh in on spotted sea trout management. And there's a new way for anglers to report red snapper landings. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And reducing stress is critical to keeping incoming calves healthy. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Well, 
howdy neighbors, Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Department of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. Texas has lost over 2 million acres of agricultural land in the last 25 years. That's a threat to family farms, our economy, and our food supply. This is State Representative Dwayne Burns, and I'm here with my friend, Super Bowl champ, and Dallas Cowboy legend, Jay Novacek. You know, I've been a real cowboy my whole life, so I'm asking everyone to go out and vote for Proposition 1, the Right to Farm Amendment that this guy, Dwayne Burns, actually wrote. Whether you're a cowboy or not, this is important to all Texans. We all need access to safe and affordable food in the future. Proposition 1 protects our family farms and ranches so they can grow our food right here in Texas. On November 7th, please head to the polls and vote for Proposition 1, the Food for Texas Amendment. Yeah, come on, Texas. Let's do it Jay's way. Vote for Prop 1 and then spread the word with your friends and family. Political ad paid for by Right to Farm Texas PAC. Learn more about Proposition 1 at righttofarmtexas.com. That's right, the number two, farmtexas.com. Political ad authorized by Right to Farm Texas PAC. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Reducing stress is critical to keeping incoming calves healthy. Dr. Bob Judd says stress is the number one factor causing cattle to get sick. Managing incoming calves can help decrease stress and therefore decrease disease. Screening incoming calves for BVD is important and any persistently infected calves should be removed. These persistently infected calves are infected before birth, are chronic carriers of the BVD virus, and are unlikely to develop immunity to the virus. They can spread the virus to other calves, so removing these calves from the herd is a good idea. Another stress is weather. An adequate shelter can decrease this stress. However, make sure there is plenty of space in the sheltered areas as overcrowding can also increase disease. Overcrowding decreases ventilation and allows the cattle to ingest dust and disease-producing organisms that can lead to bovine respiratory disease. It is important to have bedding for the cattle as bedding provides warmth in the winter and provides a barrier of protection against infectious organisms. Plenty of fresh water and adequate nutrition is important for a healthy immune function and proper growth. In a drought situation, small farm ponds do not always contain water that is good enough for the cattle. Also try to avoid commingling animals from multiple sources, and this can decrease the chance of respiratory disease. Use low-stress handling techniques when handling the cattle by keeping the noise to a minimum and remain as calm as possible. All cattle should be dewormed as parasites will decrease the animal's response to vaccinations and decrease their ability to fight off disease. And ask your veterinarian about using antibiotics prior to a stressful event. I'm Dr. Bob Judd, and this is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The public is invited to weigh in on spotted sea trout management. Jessica Domel tells how in today's Wildlife Report. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is asking the public to weigh in on its spotted sea trout harvest regulations. In 2021, The department temporarily reduced bag limits and adjusted length restrictions for spotted sea trout after winter storm Uri led to the deaths of tens of thousands of spotted sea trout off the Texas coast. The move was made to increase the amount of spotted sea trout in several bays that were available to spawn that season. The temporary regulations expired August 31st of this year. 
Former statewide bag and size limits were reinstated at that time. Now the department is hosting several public meetings to allow anglers and the public a chance to weigh in on spotted sea trout management options. The first meeting will be held Tuesday, October 17th in Port Lavaca. Those meetings will continue October 18th and 19th. There will be meetings in Rockport, Corpus Christi, Port Isabel, Port Arthur, and Galveston. A list of meeting dates and locations is available on the TPWD website. Texas anglers fishing for red snapper will no longer be able to use the iSnapper app to report their harvest. According to the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, anglers can now voluntarily report their harvest via the My Texas Hunt Harvest app or website. That allows anglers to keep their red drum tags in the same place where they can report red snapper harvests. According to the department, the data contributed by anglers helps the department manage red snapper season in federal waters. Again, you can now report red snapper landings on the My Texas Hunt Harvest app and website. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The bottom fell out of the cattle market on Tuesday. We'll be back with a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Department of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. The 2023 Texas Cattle Feeders Association Annual Convention will be here before we know it. TCFA invites you to this year's convention, October 8th through the 10th, at the Gaylord Texan in Grapevine, Texas. Find more information by visiting tcfa.org. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We saw a massive drop in the cattle futures market on Tuesday. It looks like one of the biggest reasons is just the overall state of the economy. The market's getting nervous, not just cattle, but our grain markets as well. Getting nervous about the overall state of the economy. Concern about the upcoming government shutdown. A big drop in the stock market on Tuesday possibility of higher interest rates down the road all of that kind of built up and pushed both live and feeder cattle futures lower on tuesday october live cattle dropped 217 at 184.80 the december down 275 188.47 february live cattle down 285 at 193.05 now the feeder cattle got hit really hard September contract about to go off the board. It was down $1.27 at $252.60. But look at these losses. October feeder cattle dropped $4.95, closing at $253.87, while the November contract dropped $582. It closed at $256.87. Cash fed cattle market still quiet. No sales to report so far this week. Boxed beef prices lower Tuesday. Choice down 28 cents, 301.20. Select down 72 at 279.73. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Rodney Butler, Beeville Livestock, sold them on Friday. Rodney, how was that Friday sale? Had a good sale. We had some good cattle. That old market's up and down a little bit, but especially on the quality of cattle. The quality of cattle selling good. I can't stress that enough, but we had a good sale, sir. 
Walk the pins with us. All right, we had 514 head of cattle, no horses and three goats. Not all market was pretty strong and steady. 200, 300 pound steers, 272 to 325. Heifers, $2 to 265. 300, 400 pound steers, 221 to 275. Heifers, 201 to 241. 400, 500 pound steers, 220 to 250. Heifers, 208 to 236. 500, 600 pound steers, 210 to 242. Heifers, 194 to 236. 600, 700 pound steers, 203 to 227. Heifers, 188 to 215. And your 700 to 800 pound steers were dollar eighty five to two fifteen and the heifers were dollar sixty six to dollar eighty five. Packer cows were a little softer than a couple of weeks ago. They brought anywhere from thirty one to dollar one. Bulls brought from sixty nine to dollar twenty. Didn't have any stalker cows. Our bred cows brought anywhere from eight fifty to a thousand fifty. And the pairs we had Friday was a thousand to fourteen seventy five, sir. This is the calves coming this week. I don't know of any cows coming, but I do know of a couple bunches of calves. Oh yes I do. I got a sell out of about thirty 30 cows. There'll be younger, young, middle-aged cows, and, and uh, I know of three sets of calves coming, sir. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you for the Friday sale in Beeville. Yeah, call me at 361-358-1727 or call me on my mobile 645-5002. Rodney, we appreciate you. Thank you for the call. Thank you. Take care. And neighbor, you take care, too. We hope to see you each Monday through Friday right here on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network and my program, Walk in the Pens. You're listening to us right this second on Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures market now. Arlene Hogs finished mixed on Tuesday. October Hogs was up 10 cents, 81.62. December contract down 17.72.35. Class 3 milk was lower. Nearby September milk down 4 at 18.38 100 weight. October milk down 32 cents at 16.97 100. The cotton market closed narrowly mixed, which actually is pretty good when you consider all of those economic factors that we mentioned just a moment ago. Usually when you have a lower stock market and a higher dollar, that means lower cotton prices. But we were able to hold our on in Tuesday's session. December cotton up one point, 88.18. March cotton down 20 points at 88.56. The May down 29 at 88.85. Corn and wheat both slightly lower. December corn down one and a half, 479 and three quarters. March corn down one and a quarter at 495 and a half. Hard wheat was lower. Soft wheat steady to higher. December Kansas City wheat down four, 710 and a half. December Chicago wheat unchanged at 589 a bushel. In the energy markets, November natural gas down five cents at 285. November West Texas crude up 78 at 90.46 a barrel. The financial markets lower Tuesday afternoon. The Dow dropping 389 points, 33,612. The Nasdaq down 216 at 13,054. The S&P down 66 points, 4,271. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this episode of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production 
of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Thank you.